You are listening to the Aim to Win in Business and Life podcast with Tony Coleman-Brown, where we believe that in life, you're either winning or learning, but never losing. So let's get ready to win with Tony Coleman-Brown. Hi, you're listening to the Aim to Win in Business and Life podcast, and this is Tony Coleman-Brown. On today's episode, you will hear from entrepreneur and life coach, Terrell Ebony, and you'll also discover what it takes to become a producer and how to become more productive in your business and life. This is an episode that you will be glad you tuned in for. So get ready to learn and get ready to win right now. So, Tara, why don't you tell everybody out there a little bit about yourself and a little bit more about what you do? Sure. So, um, I'm Tara Ebony. I am a, a, a speaker, author, known as the producer, productivity strategist, mompreneur, child of God. Um, I help new and aspiring entrepreneurs um, pursue their dreams, find, embrace, and live in their purpose by using effective time management, organization, systems, and strategies so that they can truly produce the results that they want. Um, I have been in this industry for a little over a little over three years. I have been coaching for, I would say, about maybe 10 years or more, been an entrepreneur since, I think, uh, I would say about the last 20 years. I have been an entrepreneur have a nonprofit community advocate. I am a lover of people just helping them get to the places that they want and so that they can live their best selves. That is awesome. That is awesome. So in this day and age, you know that people are busy. They have a lot of things going on and a lot of people want to find their purpose. So I know you're the find your purpose expert. So I want to know, and I know everybody else out there want to know, how do you help people to find their purpose? Well, it really starts with the, um, I, I tell people, it starts with what you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. It starts with your intuition. Um, I'm a faith, you know, faith-based believer, um, very spiritual, and I tell people that what your purpose is has been put inside of you before you were even born. So that thing that you're constantly thinking about, that thing that, you know, may have happened to you, and this thing that you're constantly thinking about could be good or bad. And people seem to be like, isn't it something that I'm supposed to be, you know, always happy about? Not necessarily, because sometimes bad things happen to us and it produces a passion inside of us that we can't, you know, that we can't just let go of. So sometimes it's that thing that we feel like, okay, this has happened to me again, good or bad. And now I need to pursue it. This, I need to let everybody else know about it. I need to, you know, put it out there so everybody else can either experience it, they can learn from it, or something to, something to that effect. So when people are looking for their, pur- their purpose, I always start with, tell me 
about you. Tell me about your life. Tell me about the things that you've been through. Tell me about your hobbies. Tell me about the things that you like, the things that you don't like. Tell me about the tragedies that you've been through in life, you know, because sometimes in those tragedies, those tests become our testimonies that become our passion and our pursuits and our purpose. I know that's right. I know that's right. Now, you mentioned something that I'd like to really touch upon, and that thing is sometimes you go through things and you have pain in your life, and sometimes that pain delivers you to your purpose. That's and right. what I want to talk to you about is how do people work through, how do you help people work through that pain because I was looking at a video the other day and it was about Les Brown and he was talking about how you know he has cancer and he's been battling cancer for a long time and he talked about what do you do when you when your prayers aren't answered mm -hmm. and one of the things he said was that you know you keep the faith and you keep on praying but sometimes when you get hurt or when something happens in your life that kind of knocks you off your square, it, it actually pushes you to a place where you, you have to tap into your passion because it's only your passion that's going to help you get out of that situation. Mm -hmm. So talk to people about that. How do they how do they turn their pain into their passion and their purpose? What happens there, I, I truly believe that at that point in time, people don't even realize when their faith is being tested mm. or when their faith is being reactivated and sometimes we have to because we like you said sometimes we may we may lose our faith because of all the different things that happen in our life but there's going to come a point in time where that faith is going to be reactivated or something else is going to happen where you're going to be like you know what I can no longer be silent because it's going to keep gnawing at you that's going to, you know, something is constantly going to keep bringing that thing up. And you're going to be like, wait a minute, I thought I put this thing behind me. And here it keeps on coming up. It's like, you know, that bad boyfriend, it just won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just keeps coming up, just keeps coming up. And you want to know why is it coming up? It's coming up for a reason. And that reason is what needs to be explored. And that's what we, that's what we then do. Little by little, we explore that thing that keeps gnawing at you, that thing that keeps coming back and we try to explore why it keeps coming back why can't you get rid of it because a lot of people don't even realize that that becomes their passion that that's their passion as far as they're concerned it's like an eyesore it's like you know why does this thing keep coming back and not realizing it's because it's your purpose mm. it's because there's something that you need to be doing with that thing that you just don't realize it yet because people are they honestly um they, they look at purpose and they look at happiness. So they automatically feel that if it's my purpose, shouldn't I be happy with it? And in the beginning, the reality of the situation is you may not be happy with it. Mm. But what may make you happy is the fact that 
by you talking through it, by you helping somebody else through it, and you seeing somebody else overcome something that you went through because of your help, because of something that you've experienced, because of something that you've said, that is what's going to make you happy. And then that's what's going to become your passion because you're going to see that your test is now a testimony for somebody else. And you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how powerful something so negative that happened to me, how it could be so impactful on someone else. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody in the chat said that your passion becomes your lifeline. What do you think about that? Your passion becomes your lifeline. I love it. I I love love it. Absolutely, because that's that thing. You just, you can't get rid of it. And it's like you wake up in the morning, you're thinking about it. You go to sleep, you're thinking about it. You at lunch, you're thinking about it. And it's because you're so passionate about it. You just want to help. You just want to get that thing out there. And I mean, it could be anything. It could be singing. It could be dancing. But whatever it is that you're passionate about, it's going to be in your blood. And sometimes what you're passionate about might make you real upset. <laughs> it might make you real upset. You might want to start throwing things. But guess what? Sometimes that's the passion and the fury in that passion that's going to make you great. Yeah. That's what's going to make you great because that's what's going to make you even more determined to make sure that whatever it is that you're supposed to do with that passion actually gets done. That's what's going to make you a producer. That's what's going to make you to produce the results that you really want to get. All right now. So when you are coaching with your clients and they're looking to get more results out of their business, they really want to become top producers. What are some of the things that you tell them to help them to become real producers? The first thing um, that we, we kind of talk about is mindset. That's the first thing. Um, in order for you to be a, a, a great producer, you have to have a producer's mindset. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to switch hats from the employee mindset to the CEO mindset. So we got to get, we got to go through those kind of things first and make sure that your mind is right. Make sure that your thoughts are right. Make sure that you're speaking right. So that this way you start acting right. And if you can do those things, if you can think right, if you can speak right and you start acting right, the rest is history. You're going to start producing right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way it flows in terms of mindset and in terms of being a producer, right? Yeah. But the, the, the other things, it's really about using your time effectively. Let's face it, a lot of people that are entrepreneurs, are also, they also have a nine to five. They're trying to transition from employee to employer or, you know, they are very comfortable having both, doing both, and but they still want their business to thrive. So you have a little bit of time, but you want to accomplish the greatest amount of um, results. You want the biggest impact in the smallest amount of time. So it's a matter of developing the right systems and strategies to make sure that that happens. It's about making sure that you, you have good time management skills, making sure that you're very organized, making sure that you delegate, making sure that you have automation, you know, different things, different strategies and systems that we kind of go through and that I teach them to make them very great producers. Oh, that's awesome. So what type of automation strategies do you teach? So automation, we, you know, we talk about using um, schedulers. I like Calendly. Um, there's, there's a lot of other ones um, that, that are out there. Um, I talk about using Hootsuite or Buffer for social media um, content, you know, content development. 
we talk about different CRMs so that this way you have constant um, email automations and that things are just flowing properly, um, different webinar systems that you can use. There are so many different things that you can do and put in place so that you don't, you don't have to do it yourself. I always tell people, if you don't have to do it, you should be concentrating in your business on that thing that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that you should be doing most of the time in your business. Everything else, you should either automate or delegate. Automate or delegate. I so like that. that. Be, <laughs> those are the two things that you should be doing. You should be focused. So for me, I want to focus my attention on my clients. I want to be speaking. I want to be, you know, having those one-on-one conversations or those group conversations with my clients. So I don't have time to be on social media all the time looking for new clients. So that's why I automate and I delegate. So I make sure that there's other people or other systems that are working for my business so that I can begin working on my business. I know that's right. I believe in automation. You know that. Yes. <laughs> we do, you know, you got the Facebook ads working for you. Now mm. we got Instagram. You have all these different ways that you can automate so that this way they're, it's constantly looking for new clients for you. It's constantly doing these things so you don't have to worry about doing it all yourself. It might take five minutes for you to create a nice little video or something for you to pop into that Facebook ad, make it look pretty, and then put it out there and let it do the rest for you. That's right. That's right. So that's going to be my new term for 2018. Automate or delegate. Automate or delegate. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So as it relates to business, What are some of the mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making and what piece of advice would you give to them in order for them to get off the wrong track and get on the right track? Ooh, there's, there's a couple, there's, there's a couple like, um, like main things that I see entrepreneurs doing. Um, one of the, one of the first things is, especially as far as productivity goes, is that they are multitasking. Multitasking is not a good thing. It's a bad word. (laughs) It is a bad word. Okay. It's like throwing around the F bomb. It is a bad word. Do not multitask. Okay. Do not multitask. That is one of the things that will keep that will actually keep you counterproductive. I always say if you can if you can set out and be intentional about completing one task, complete it and get it over with it's always better to do that than to have five or six different things on the table and nothing is completed because if I come to you and say okay well what service or what package can you um can you provide me and you say well I got three different packages in the works but none of them are complete (laughs) you just lost money you just put left money on the table because now I'm walking away to somebody else who has a completed package because I need a package today. I don't have time to wait for you to complete yours. Now, if you had just taken the time out to complete one package, then work on the next one, then work on the next one, at least you would have a finished product. So I find that multitasking has been, um, you know, keeping a lot of people away from that finished product, that finished result. So that's one thing. The other thing is perfection. Mm. everybody's got to be perfect. The website can't go up because it's not perfect. I can't launch the product because it's not perfect. I can't release the book because it's not perfect. doesn't have to be perfect. It just got to be done. (laughs) doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get done. I promise you there will be time for edits. 
There'll be time for changes later. There'll be time for all of that. Am I right about it or what? You are right. You know, know? people get on stuck on perfection and they also get stuck with analysis paralysis. Yes. Oh, let me see what's making it, you know, what's making this work. And let me see how many people gave me likes and let me see how many people, you know, um, signed up for the webinar. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. So that's one of the things that I would say that I find a lot of people being stuck on. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to get done. You can go back later and you can edit. I promise you there will be time for that. Even if it's in a book and then you find a mistake, oh my goodness, the end of the world is not here because you because you have an error in your book. I promise you. Okay. <laughs> people will still purchase your book. And if you really feel that strongly about it, you can always do um a revision of the book. Okay, but get it out there. Position yourself to be the expert by having that book out. But the more you wait, now a year done passed by, two years passed by, because every time you turn around, you're going to find something that you thought wasn't perfect. You're going to find a sentence that wasn't, you know, that wasn't right. You're going to find a capital letter that was supposed to be a small letter. It's always going to be something. And then you have nothing to show for it because you were looking for perfection. Meanwhile, everybody else in the industry is moving on. Everybody else is making money. Everybody else is being seen as the expert. Everybody else is moving forward and you're stuck because you are stuck on perfection. So that's another thing. Um, One more that I could tell you that is hindering everybody, social media. All right. (laughs) Social media is hindering a lot of folks. And when I say that, I mean, it is the biggest mistake that you can make is, yes, you want to have a mentor. You want to have people that you look up to, but you're looking up to them. Like, remember, you're looking up to them. So that means that they're on a higher level than you are. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how I can say that. That means that if you're looking up to them, means that they're on a higher level than you are, right? If they're on a higher level than you are, you can't expect to be at the same level as them. If they're here and you're down here, you're now starting out. So you got to stick with where you are and be okay with that and not try to do everything that they're doing because they're on a higher level. They didn't start out here. They were once down here, right? And when they were down here, they had to start at ground zero. They started at ground zero. They started off doing the small $50, you know, a person. They started off with the small, you know, before they got Big Willie and was charging $500 a person. You know, they started off with the small conference in a little itty-bitty room. They didn't start off with this big grandioso, you know. They started off with a small workshop, and then it turned into a conference. They didn't just start off with this big conference. No. Stay where you are. Be okay with where you are and grow. Be okay where you are now with the heart and the mindset that I'm going to grow every year. I'm going to develop and I'm going to get better and I'm going to get better. Okay? Stop trying to do what the Joneses do. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Keep up with yourself. Know where you are. Be where you are. Be content with where you are. Hire the coach or get the development that you need for where you are. Don't hire the coach for the ten and the fifteen thousand dollar program. <laughs> Don't hire the coach with the ten and fifteen thousand dollar program, knowing that you can't afford it. One. But in the name of I'm going to invest in myself because that's what they told you you needed to do. 
But you know that that's not where you are. If they're charging ten dollars and $15,000 for their three-month and six-month program, that means that that's for a higher-level client. You're not quite there yet. That's right. So and one of, the things that I've, one of the things that I've seen happen, like clients have come to me and have said to me, oh, my God, Tarot, I have invested so much money in ABC client, you know, ABC coach, because they're a big name brand. and I still didn't get what I wanted or what I needed at the time. And the reason why, and I had to tell them, they were mad at the coach. I said, no, you can't be mad at the coach. You have to be mad at yourself because you didn't do your homework. You didn't do your research. You you went with that coach because they were a big name brand, and they spilt off some good words to you, and you fell for it. That's not their fault. You have to know where you are, and you have to make sure that that coach can provide for you what you need in that time. I guarantee you, I promise you that if the coach is charging ten dollars and $15,000 for a three-month or a six-month session, they're not going to teach you how to start your business. They're expecting you to already know that. They're expecting that you have already passed that stage, okay? Don't spend ten dollars $15,000 on a three to six month program and expect that they're going to teach you how to start your LLC. It's not happening. No, it's not. No, it's not. And you're absolutely right. Because just because the person might be charging $15,000, but I can almost guarantee that they have another lower level program or they may have a book. Now you may not be ready for the Les Brown $15,000 program but you could go buy his book or you might be able to buy an audio program. So it's all about understanding where you are and allowing yourself to grow. Now it might take a little bit longer for you to build up to that level, but the real lesson I think is in a journey and it's in quitting. So I think that what happens with a lot of patients is that, Oftentimes, they'll invest in themselves, they'll go to conferences, they'll attend workshops, but then they get overwhelmed, and then they get analysis paralysis, and they don't understand that it's a process and that it's an iterative process. So they have to take step one, then step two, then step three, then step four, then step five. It just doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen that way. And when you fall, you have to constantly get back up. And I think that a lot of people, when they fall, they begin to doubt. They begin to stop believing in themselves. And you know what what I say, if you have 1% doubt, then you're out. Mm. So you have to believe in yourself. And you have to believe in yourself 110%. So a lot of times, I think that entrepreneurs trip and they fall, they stumble. And they don't know how to get back up. Mm-hmm. They have to, you know, be, they have to be childlike about their business. You know, when a child is learning to walk, they could fall a hundred times, but they're going to keep going. They're not going to stop. They're not going to give up just because they fell, just because they got a Absolutely. few bumps and bruises. They're going to keep going. Absolutely. I love that analogy because I use children um, all the time when I'm speaking because I always say that 
we as adults constantly tell our children, just like what you were saying, get back up, dust yourself off and, you know, and go again. Don't, you know, don't stop riding the bike. You want to fall. You just have to get back up. Don't stop jumping the double dutch. You're going to, you know, get hit with the rope. You got to keep going, right? But then when it happens to us, we're like, "Mm -mm, I'm not doing that no more. (laughs) We get an attitude. We get an attitude. We fall underneath the bed and say, you know what? I'm done with this. It's over. But we can't do that. And then we, I always say also that we have to lead by example. Our children are watching us, regardless of how old they are, because I have a 23-year-old, and I always say, he's watching me. So if I give up, then that tells him that it's okay for him to give up. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. So I, I don't have a choice. I can't give up. And I Well, you heard it here first, guys. In order to become a producer, you must not quit. And while that's the end of part one of my interview with Terrell Ebony, it is definitely not the end of my message of never quitting, which is the theme of the seventh annual Small Business Bootcamp for Women taking place on October 20th at the Radisson Hotel in New Rochelle. This is an all-day conference, and it is the one conference where you will walk away with practical and tactical tools and advice that you can use right away to grow your business. So make sure to secure your ticket to the 7th Annual Small Business Bootcamp for Women right now by visiting www.smallbusinessbootcampforwomen.com. And once again, while that's the end of part one of my interview with Tara Ebony, you will have the chance to hear more from her in part two of my interview with this phenomenal woman in business. So stay tuned. And until then, remember to be great. Thank you for listening to the Aim to Win in Business and Life podcast with Tony Coleman-Brown. Please visit TonyColemanBrown.com for more information on this episode. And get ready to win.